0: Good afternoon, fellow goons, and welcome to Canada Talk. I'm here this morning. My host, as usual, Aiden. As it, guys? Games
1: against the Amers and the Foxes, but let us go down to the Emirates to discuss the, uh, the game against West Ham.
0: Yeah, since it was our own game, as expected, a uh, way more attacking Arsenal. Um, but, I mean, of course, we got to also see, uh, quite early on in the game, West Ham did, of course, come to more, you know, like deep playing with a, like roughly two banks or four. And almost like, to, like the main game plan was to nullify and frustrate. And I mean, like we went into the match with a squad of Leno holding Gabriel Kolasinac since uh, Kieran Tierney pulled up in the warm-up, pre-match warm-up. I think he's just, I think he jarred his hip, something like that. So he was then taken out as a precaution. Kolasinac got, uh, came in. And then our midfield, or like our formation in the middle, was Ballerin, Sebayos, Jaka, and Saka. And then in midfield was William and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang with Lacazette heading the attack.
1: Uh, it was a very, um, to start off with, you know, you could see the, the um, performance wasn't as comfortable. You yeah. know, Even the first few minutes against Fulham, there was like this game, it, it lacked that bit of, you know, dominance at Arsenal and they even had the case of with West Ham kind of, you know, Premier League savvy team, you know, knowing that they can't come to the the Emirates Stadium and attack. And like you mentioned, they set up with almost like two banks of four looking to frustrate Arsenal. And you could see, for most part, it did work. And I think where you've mentioned in the past, Arsenal missed that bit of attacking midfield, the De type player or someone that can just unlock things when things do get a bit frustrating like that.
0: Yeah, because look... Even though, yeah, we got position like, quite early on in the game, started, you know, like knocking the ball about. I mean, the first real chance that came in the fifth minute to Ekpona, who ends up, like, I think Arsenal totally uh, lose him in the, in the box. And I think he just gets a, he manages a free header, you know, but it goes straight into Leno's hand.
1: Because if, if West Ham had to go up by a goal, I feel that, you know, they would have probably shut up shop even more than they originally came to mm-hmm. the. The Emirates, so it was that it was missing and I think you could see the importance of Kieran Tierney as well, you know, as the game the half war on where he has that pass as well, even that unlocks, you know that what we're missing with the attacking that he always looks for space with his balls and passes. And I think a David Louise as well, you know, adds that bit of creativity from the back line as well.
0: Yeah. I'm um, like fifteenth minute there was like a shout for penalty for West Ham when Gabriel and uh, Bowen ended up getting, you know, tangled, you know, ch- uh, chasing for the ball. But I mean, after also a very quick VAR check, it was also a judge uh, not to be a penalty.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was a, a very good decision as well, in my opinion. I think, you know, Bowen was looking for the, the penalty more than anything else there. This is my opinion, though. Uh,
0: then in the 24th minute, finally, the breakthrough. Saka plays the ball through the Emerson defense. Uh, Aubameyang, I think, he immediately picks up the sort of uh, or kind of anticipates what's going to happen. He darts through down the left flank, and you know uh, what's becoming also one of his trademarks. And I mean, he's actually getting better, uh, you know, as uh, the the games like, go along. He dinks the ball over into the like a danger area, what we would call that six yard box area, and like it comes through and just smashes the ball with a powerful header past Fabianski. One-0 Arsenal.
1: Yeah, it was a real bullet header of Lacazette. Like it was, you know, sort of emphatic header. And I think something we've been crying out for Lacazette like in a while. And I think, you know, two in two games yeah. has probably done a world of good for his confidence.
0: And I mean, the VAR, of course, also had to now, you know, the regular or the standard double-checking of the goal. But I mean, it stood because I think it, it was Ekbana's foot was actually just playing uh, on side. But that being said, six minute, Jacques, Uh gets a bit sloppy again. You know, with that that pass that you and I always kind of calling yeah. up, c- calling up for. He ends up doing this expansive type crossfield pass, which gets intercepted, and then of course it, it, it comes in down to Gabriel to uh, you know manage to, to to mop up the danger.
1: Yeah, Gabriel has been quite you know um Commanding at the back, end, and, and uh, I've really started to, you know, slowly take the after not seeing much of him prior to joining. And I think you know he's showing that his importance.
0: So in the 45th minute, uh, again, another certain aspect hmm. that it's, it, it's as you and I have always been saying, uh, in, since we've been doing the podcast together. Lapse in concentration as we like closing in on halftime allows uh, Ryan Fredericks to whip in across My, uh, my Michael Antonio. Manages to get himself between holding and Gabriel, and he just smashes the ball past Leno
1: 1 1. I think Colesina was a bit at fault as well. He, it's like he switched off, you know, the, the, for the ah. cross. Like he got sucked in, and they played it wide. And before the cross came in, I mean, you could see he was caught in no man's land between going for the ball and, you know, covering the cross. But, you know, he, he should have seen the danger over his shoulder. And it seems time and time again, Colesina just doesn't have that. Now um, defensive now that uh, maybe a TNU would have been able to to snuff snuff out.
0: Yeah, so we move on to second half. <clears throat> as frustrating as that was now to end the, the first half. Um Amazon, now, of course, come out. They you can actually see them becoming now more adventurous, Arsenal, of course, trying to play the sort of game of of you know, like sucking, you know, like letting them come at, at them. But in a way it was kind of or to a degree backfiring because all of a sudden, you could start seeing the, the you know, the real, I wouldn't say cockiness, but that the confidence really, really growing in, in West Ham. And what was the third minute, Masuaku, he ends up whooping in across into the danger area. Antonio again, swoops in. And Leno, I think, just managed to stay, 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 I think, just about on the goal line.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a heart-in-mouth moment. And I think the confidence just started growing and growing for the hammers. And, you know, Arsenal really put to the test in this game. And it's a bit of a warning sign for me that you know, the moment the team comes to the Emirates and doesn't come there with that um, big, don't no do offence to West but that big team attitude of you know, we will take you on at the Emirates Arsenal all of a sudden, you know they almost go into a shell and it isn't that yeah, uh, that explosive game that they showed, like I said, against against Fulham, so it's a bit wadding and I wonder what Teto will be doing over the next few weeks to rectify that
0: yeah, Because look, as you now mentioned 57th minute, It was like rules reverse, uh, rules reverse. Sorry, because West Ham all of a sudden looked like more the attack-minded side. They were playing more of the possession game, and I mean, also was like just sitting deep, and and you know the the ball wasn't really you know getting out of our half because I think with every clearance, with uh, whatever distribution Leno was doing, uh, the ball just came you know come uh, came right back at us again, and I think it was also like me like watching, and I'm sure most Gunners as well you were getting kind of frustrated because it's like, you know, you're trying to think to yourself, can somebody just get their foot on the ball to some, like, you know, to sort of dictate the pace a bit because we were just like, you know, giving up position or giving away like cheap throw-ins and stuff like that. So, 64th minute, uh, Arteta makes a substitution. He brings out Pepe for William, who was, I, mean, I wouldn't say ineffective, but I, I just think the sort of workload that was expected, expected really from, from Arsenal players when you have to, almost like, kind of see yourself through those, those two banks of, of four because I think every time Arsenal attacked, they were sitting on like 10 men behind the ball. So it was like, you know, difficult to kind of pinpoint or play something really intricate. So I think you actually needed more of a sort of player like Pepe to kind of draw them out of that little pockets that they were sitting in. So, you know, he makes a change. But of course, uh, flip side again, West Ham come at us and I think sixty-seven minute, Antonio clips the, uh, the crossbar and I was, you know, I was really, you know, starting to get worried because all of a sudden we had looked like something that, that we would think now as a guaranteed three points was starting to look really yes. like a real shaky one point.
1: I mean, I, I would probably put my house in that, that Arsenal was going to to take the game, uh, you know, comfortably. And it just seemed like, I don't know if it was confidence from the previous game that turned into cockiness for us or if just, we just don't know how to deal with a team that sits up a shop in front of Arsenal and the warning thing is you know op- opponents might start thinking hang on you know we can get at this team if we just frustrate them and not come at them because it looks like Arsenal only likes it when a team comes at them and it opens up spaces and like you said rightly so a guy like Pepe came on you know to to kind of maybe cause a bit of havoc as well but you can see that guy like Urzel or I wouldn't say him specifically but that type of guy yeah. can find spaces and find that pass that can unlock a team. And it just seems like sometimes it's always dependent on the front three whenever we play.
0: And then of course there was a panic moment then. So later on in the uh, 68th minute uh Leno and Seboeus end up colliding and the, box, <laughs> the ball then spills out and it seems like a whole calamity of errors and, and you know bodies flying around in the box. And I mean Jared Owen was, who was actually one of West Ham's uh, best players on the day Besides uh, Antonio, uh, he ends up, you know, firing through almost like, I don't know how many bodies they were throwing their, or flinging their bodies in front of the ball, which actually gets uh, blocked by the Arsenal defence. So, an, another real warning shot at Arsenal.
1: And, and like you said, West Ham started like controlling the game, taking almost like they were the ones playing at home. And Arsenal it just seemed they didn't have any answers for West Ham's questions.
0: Yeah, and then seventy-seven minute. Uh, next substitution for Arsenal and Ketia comes in for Lacazette because I think Lacazette also ran himself really to the ground because look, he was also running also up blind alleys because the way they you know the sort of organised I mean also props to David Moyes because look he had a real uh, organised ship going there with it, the way he set his team out and I, I mean for me for like, one of the game changers actually in the game was not really from an Arsenal uh, point of view for me, the game-changer was the substitution David Moyes made because, you know, Bowen was keeping our players like, in check on it one yeah. flank all time. And the minute he brought on Andrei Yamalenko, Yamalenko was an out-and-out forward. And all of a sudden, you could see, since he was now not doing the sort of work that Bowen was doing, tracking back in it, he just kept up, you know, sitting up, uh, like high up the pitch or on our halfway line. And all of a sudden, you could see Saka, there was something to think, okay, look, we are getting a, a better outlet, you know, and the, every attack almost was just coming from that side, from the left-hand side of the pitch. And, you know, of course, pressure then eventually uh, makes Western a buckle because Saka then goes on this sort of slalom run. And, I mean, again, he's at times he's, he's, his mindset is not like beyond his age because he already, like in that little slalom run, he's already picking up, Sebaeus uh, is going to do his little darting run. Sebaeus, of course, has a great understanding with with Saka as well. He, he darts into the open little pocket of space that he manages to get, and of course, Fabianski starts racing down to close up uh, close this uh, the the gap or yeah close the, the the area of his goal. And in that time that that uh, Fabianski is about to start, you know, spreading himself wide, Sebaeus immediately plays a crossfield pass and Eden Hazard to slide on the winner 2-1 Arsenal.
1: Oh, it, was a, it was a big celebration for me, but, you know, it, 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 it should not, not have come to it so late, you know, to have been a game comfortably where we could have kicked our feet up and, you know, to enjoy enjoy the game because all of a sudden you're like, well, are waiting for that goal and time is ticking, you get the goal and after that you're like, you know, Mr. Riff, please blow, Mr. Riff, please blow.
0: So Arsenal end up holding on for the second win of the season and I think they move up again to, what was it, second or third in the league? Yeah. Of course, three days.
1: But uh, from what you can pick up from this game is that Arsenal still haven't really sorted out 100%. You know, a team that decides that they want to attack and want Arsenal to come to them. So I guess I don't know if it has to mean a formation change slightly instead of um, going uh, with a normal three-four-three, but instead of maybe going a four-three-three or four-two-three-one, just so they can have an extra attacking body due to pile pressure on the, the team that's trying to set up shop.
0: I mean, what I actually liked about Arteta's um, post-match interview, he actually did call out the squad with regard to that because he said it was not, you know, good enough, you know, as a whole, the whole game. But, you know, it, it just shows that they also have, you know, real room for improvement because it was not like, as you said, it was too close to comf- too close to comfort for uh, this sort of way.
1: Yeah, but but you look at it in retrospect and you say as well, you look at Liverpool playing against Leeds as well. You know, 4-3 against a team who just got promoted. So, you know, you have to, I guess, take the points as they come. It's maybe last season or the season before we would have ended up throwing or losing this game. So, exactly. you know, so good good grit for the Gunners. And yeah, you, we we move on to, to the Foxes.
0: Yeah. So, we end up visiting the King Power Stadium to face Leicester in the League Cup. Uh, third round, um, both squads, of course, playing with the majority of the first team. Uh, you know, key players were uh, you know omitted from this game, and of course, most were like squad players. But I mean, if you compare the the, the squads, uh, Leicester actually went with a way more inexperienced side. They kept all like you know the real big guns either out of the game completely or just you know a sprinkling of them on the bench. But uh, a fairly youthful Leicester City side, and Arsenal, of course. We with a more, you know, it was like, I wouldn't say mature, but, you know, like seasoned guys already. Like, even if, if like, people like were and them were in the squad. But there was more team that, that actually does have first team experience. So we end up taking the game on there. Arsenal, you know, fly out of the traps, of course, uh, against Leicester. Because I think Leicester also tried to find their feet with the squad, especially.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, Nelson, then I think quite early, I think fourth minute, he already forces Danny Ward. Into a good save, you know, with a goalkeeper
1: to so tip the ball over the bar. Yeah, well, you could see Leicester weren't coming there for, you know, to taking this game as a priority for them because they, it, it seemed at one stage they were playing very like, you know, training ground like almost. They were, they were, they were the game like lacked a bit of intensity. I think the Arsenal players were coming there, you know, to stake their claim and possibly show, you know, I belong in the first team. I can, you know, do a job for you.
0: Because when I, mean, I was. I was actually quite disappointed in certain players because, you know, I was really thinking somebody like, say, Warlock or, um, you know, Pepe was going to kind of force their way to show, look, I deserve to be, yeah. you know, in the first team. But it was like, at times, like certain players, it was like a real, like a flat performance. You didn't expect, you know, that sort of performance because, look, you, you especially now with, with um, how everybody's, you know, fighting tooth and nail now for their spots in the squad. I was expecting, you know, more from people like that, that, that on our showing. Look, I want to be in the, in, in the first team plans and don't really want to be in the League Cup setup. So, I mean, I put up a performance here, but, you know, at, at times you didn't see a sort of impact because at times I didn't even know Wolok was playing.
1: Cause, yeah, I, I also didn't know, like, until the commentator said, like, you know, Wolok on the ball, I, I didn't take note that you was on the field.
0: Because, I mean, El Neri was trying to cover almost like two or three people's positions. Yeah.
1: That's Saka,
0: Saka was again, you know, uh, leading the line, like uh, showing his maturity again. And I mean, of, of course, it was not good to have also David Luiz in the, in the squad because at times we were also getting a bit sloppy. Although the only thing that was uh, getting me a bit of my nerves was, you know, David Luiz was hitting his root one balls, but it's, it's like since it's still a new squad, like, you know, the way they now were put together today um, on that day, They were not really reading, okay, when they're going to have to make the run forward or do they, you know, hold back a bit and he's just going to, you know, do it like a a ball because, I don't know, how many of the balls just end up, you know, either went into open space and out out of play or straight out by the goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, and you just couldn't see like a breakthrough happening in that first half, the way the game was going. It was, like I said, very pedestrian-like like game with, with teams not, you know, playing like the game, dep- like their lives depend on it. I mean, I'm sure if it was a Premier League game, it could have been would have been a very different tempo to the game. But it just seemed like people were ambling along throughout the game.
0: So, of course, Saka then starts taking the game with a of the neck. He starts, you know, really getting, uh, you know, gets uh, influential, stringing some parts together and involving other people into the game. Uh, 28th minute, Amati and Saka and I don't know if they also somehow get the legs kind of tangled, yeah, but it's almost like as uh, Saka was about to pull the trigger, somehow they legs also get tangled. I mean, I first thought it was a stonewall penalty.
1: Yeah, I, I also thought that I was getting ready to, you know, get up and, and and like you know watch the penalty, and it's from a standing position, but then, yeah, penalty not given.
0: Then in the 36th minute, Leno and David Luiz end up colliding, and I'm thinking... <laughs> Louise's double Louise Luiz has just come back from you know that that neck problem that they had? Yeah. With how he gets clocked up full in the neck when Leno smashed him I think with the elbow trying to come to punch the ball clear.
1: Yeah, it's like I said, the the game just kept it ambling on for me and like, you know, half time couldn't have come quick enough because it wasn't, you know, the exciting arsenal we were used to seeing the the past few games.
0: And yeah, I mean we did also have a, a big scheme of, what was it, fortieth minute man? Yeah. Madison ends up beating the post and the ball bounces into Leno's hands.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it just seemed like like um Leicester started growing a bit more in the game. And Arsenal, you know, you would have expected having that bit more experienced lineup would have stamped your the, the authority and like you mentioned, it just seemed like well, you know, and Arteta has been one of these players that hasn't, you know, kind of risen to the occasion and you know, put his hand up and said, you know, I want to be at the in this team.
0: So Arsenal, second half, then started looking a bit more comfortable on the ball. Um, I think Leicester were also, I wouldn't say tiring, but uh, it's almost like that, that, uh, the sort of attitude Arsenal came out with. They were almost like kind of surprised. They started sitting a bit further back. And only 57 minutes, pressure, of course, starts forcing Leicester to buckle. Pepper then forced <laughs> to move down the right side. The Foxes failed to clear. And then, of course, some freakish defending and total movement in the box. Pepe then ends up hitting the ball, especially against the post, <laughs> and it was like a ballet or uh, uh, you know ballet ball, ballet table. Hits the post, smacks Christian Fuchs on the leg, and bobbles in the uh, in the list to one 0 Arsenal.
1: I guess we have to take it all as the these goals because I've seen many Arsenal goals being conceded like this, so it was nice, you know, to be on the celebrating end of this. Nothing. Why is that goal? Went, it you it's almost like. The sales got knocked out of Leicester because yeah. you know Arsenal, you know, what what were going to take control of it and Leicester already coming with an inexperienced lineup, you know, just for like, you know, ugh, you know, that happened.
0: Yeah, and of course, as you said now with that inexperienced part, then you look at Arsenal again, twenty second minute where Reese Nelson exits and then William comes into the fray and look, he's now experienced yet. He's also no you know the ins and outs of being in this competition with Chelsea. So, of course, he had, like, a more steadier head, took a bit more control in the game. And then, what was it, 74th minute, Arsenal starts surging forward more. And Nketiah ends up lobbing uh, Ward in, in the Leicester goal. But, I mean, West Morgan, you know, in his old day, I would say, he's <laughs> racing towards the goal and clearing the ball with the head.
1: Yeah, this could have, you know, the, the scoreline could have been a bit worse. You, you, you know, if Arsenal had to keep on pressing, like, to 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 push for more. But luckily, you know, Leicester um their, their pride probably kicked in because I mean they, they started, you know, trying to hold up and starting also pushing for that elusive equalizer. Because still well, there was still hope for them in the game.
0: Yeah. Then of course at the 8th minute uh then gets subbed by Sebayos. And I think at the same time Le- uh, Leicester brought on Ayos Perez. Yeah. And I think he ended up missing. I think what was eighty-first minute. He ended up missing a close-range thing, and a, yeah. ended up being almost like a free chance that he missed. Uh, he missed it yeah, because our players just did not react in, in in the right you know moment. Ball gets floated over to him, and I mean he's just staying like he was half stunned and, uh with that you know that, that opportunity he was getting.
1: Yeah, I could, I could slow, slow So, so easily he um, swung the momentum other way if he had to put that in, I and mean, remain a good confidence booster for you.
0: So Leicester then now putting up a strong, you know, push with the last five minutes of the game. Uh, Arsenal, of course, made also a, a substitution against Saka coming off. Ballerin entering the fray. Uh, Ballerin, of course, in the 90th minute, he ends up on a, going on this mazy run. A bit of Ballerin of the old days, as we remember. He ends up, you know, through into the Leicester box. Amati uh, kind of intercepts, but half, you know, it's is a half clearance and falls and so get there. The young Englishman
1: just stabs the ball past the keeper. Two 0 Arsenal game sitting match. Yeah, there's a there's a good, um, great determination for him with that goal. I mean, I, I seem to have like I seem to like that when Getty, that That is, you know, he always chases a lot of lost causes whenever he's on the pitch. And like you mentioned, when Pelletin came on, I actually didn't expect Arsenal to get another goal. But I yeah. thought they were just going to shut up shop. But you know, good, good end to the game and good momentum.
0: So we. Move our attention now to Monday night's match, uh, Liverpool versus Arsenal at Anfield. The first big crunch in the league for Arsenal. is going to be one hell of a test for us.
1: Ah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think you know, going against a Liverpool side that is probably brimming with confidence at the moment. You know, they 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 dispatched Chelsea, got you know got through Leeds so. I don't know, for me, I'm hoping that Arsenal can maybe um, snatch a draw and that, would me for me, would be progress against the uh, Liverpool side. I think we're still quite on top of the world.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take all all his work out again when, you know, he puts his width against Klopp. It's becoming also, you know, something what we remember of the Alex Ferguson-Wenger days where, you know, you try to see what sort of chess moves they're going to come to, you know, outwit the other. So, of course, both teams will... Oh, well, they have been unbeaten in the last five games in all competitions. Um, there are doubts, of course, yeah, phys- uh, injury wise with, with the players for Liverpool, and I think somewhat for Arsenal. Um, the big question marks for the Liverpool squad is: Will Joe Gomez be fit? Will Jordan Henderson, who's actually been like the, you know the midfield talisman, will he be fit because he's also nursing an injury? Well, I mean, Arteta hopes that Keane has you know overcome his hip injury and you know you'll be ready to go for the.
1: For the league match, I think you will be a pivotal part to have in this team. You know, whether or not you decide to go with um, your back three of either uh, Gabriel, Luis, and him, I think that would be quite a solid you know, back three, or you have the option of holding Luis, Gabriel, and you have Kieran Tierney as a, a left wing back. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, I, I would like to see the way Arteta goes in this game. You'll probably go with the 3 4 3. But does he throw Alneny in, in the centre of the park? Or or does he go with the Seveus?
0: So, I mean, look, it's going to be a, a tight affair that we know. And I think if we can get anything points-wise, whether it's, you know, one or three, it will be a massive, massive bonus. Because, you know, this early in the season, and, and, you know, if we can at least just start raking in at points now already, yeah. then at least, know because, look, we can also have a hell of a, a little stretch of games now coming up also. You know, after that, you know, with regards to just league now, because I think down the line we still got some like Man City, we still got um, I think Leicester City in the league as well.
1: So and Man United,
0: yeah, and Man United. So it's going to be, you know, I think we we can clock up points, but you know, as you and I have been saying, discussing also always since we've been doing the podcast. I also don't want us to like say get carried away, but I actually like this thought of you know where we can say okay, we're playing Liverpool, we we'll see if we can get that job done. After that, you you know if whether it's you know a positive whatever result, you can kind of you know be, be happy and whatever about it for a day or so. But you know already the, the mind must be again set for the next game, the next game like that. And I think that's so, like sort of the mind game we're gonna have to do it now.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely do believe that. You know, this is a game like a perfect example. It's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. So you know, a point against Liverpool for Arsenal at this stage, you know, is is golden. You take you take your away points against the big six and, you know, when they come against at the home, you, you kind of, you know, try to put them away. But I think maybe this also plays into Arteta's hands where Liverpool will come out try to pass the game and Arsenal will be able to play that counter-attacking game that's worked for them so well.
0: Because, I mean, they already said, that, like Arteta's somebody, you would have probably now, you know, fully studied the Liverpool performance against Chelsea or actually all their league performance so far. And probably like you know, really, you know, like you know, nitpick where the weakness has been in, in actually the Liverpool defense because look, Van Dyke has not been so solid as he was in the title winning season. Yeah, he, he, he's showing so, like you know, a little rick in his game, and you've got Alisson also who's doing you know, he's he's of course capable as always, but he's also showing so, like, he was, he's also vulnerable because if you think of that Leeds game. There wasn't some of that,
1: the chances that he also kind of fluffed up, also. Yeah, Arsenal, I guess Arsenal has to take advantage of the fact, you know, as we've seen it time and time again, teams that win the league, you know, some teams like are able to, you know, do it again and again. But some teams also, you know, take their foot off the the accelerator slightly. And you can see, you can be able to get at them because there's that bit of motivation. You know, you get. I know some players say they're still motivated and everything, but they did put the motivation aspect. You probably lose slightly once you win the league after you know pushing for it so long. Like we've never seen Arsenal been able to do it, you know, back to back. So a game like this is a big test for Liverpool as well, and they have not been playing their best. And I think they were quite, I wouldn't say you know fortunate for winning the game, but the circumstances which against Chelsea mm-hmm. with a red card because it could have been a very different game. So. Yeah, let's hope Arsenal are up for it because you know we're not gonna have to we're not gonna have to just come up against Liverpool once, but we're gonna have to do it twice in a week.
0: No, yeah, I mean for me, it's almost like is also becoming you now the sort of coach that he relishes this take, you know, taking on this uh, like the top teams, and you know, really frustrating them and, and like you know, in other words, also annoying them because you could see if you think of the the like last seasons. Man City game, the Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool game in the in the league game. in the can find, he's been almost like he knows like if they're gonna come out with that, that full wing attack or wing back attack of these like all three of the teams I mentioned. If you can nullify that and you you forcing them almost like down to the like where you want them to be in the channels you want them to be, then he thrives at that. And, and I mean, it's almost like the team as a whole also love that sort of challenge.
1: Yeah, we, we we've seen a different type of Arsenal when it comes to these you know big occasions relative to before. It's almost like Arsenal got stage fright yeah. when it when it when it really mattered. And I think Arteta's you know uh, like you said you know motivated the team to you know I want to put on a show, I want to put in a performance and beat these guys. And I, and I don't know if maybe also lack of crowd has been playing to Arsenal's favor as well. Yeah.
0: Then we switch our attention into the Carabao Cup uh, fourth round, where it's again going to be Liverpool versus Arsenal. Uh, of course, Liverpool coming off a 7 2 victory against uh, League One side, Lincoln City. But I think will again, you know, take more risks with his squad. I think he's going to probably, you know, really fall the squad with youngsters because if you look at the sort of squad that he put in a few night, like the other night, the last night, sorry, it was like, I think, four seniors and the rest were youngsters, you know. Most of the under twenty-three squad he put in the in the league cup side. And we, I think we, we, we Arsenal again will be. Well, this is again some, you know, something that we were talking about the other day about the way Arteta treats the the league cup. Something the, the you know, the way his mental pep also used to treat the, the league cup. We he he wants to win this trophy at all costs, no matter what. So even if it means him playing a full strength team against. Like say a lowly team or a you know team full like a senior Premier League team full with youngsters, he's gonna put that kids or whatever to the sword and teach or like you know, teach them a lesson once and for all.
1: Yeah, and, and you gonna look at it if Arsenal, you know, overcome the likes of um Liverpool, you know, you, you knock one of the big boys out of the Carabao Cup and suddenly, you know, you can see your 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 name in lights because you know, European football slowly going to come back. Yeah. and you and you have to wonder, like, you know. Are the Man Cities and Liverpool's and Chelsea's even are are they willing to risk no, key no. plays in this competition? Because Arsenal, I think, you know, I wouldn't say we have like the best players of the lot, but I think our squad dev is like so, much better because like you can use a Pepe in in a Carabao Cup game. Compared it,
0: it's almost like you you got the, the situation now or it's happened now also the past um a few seasons also now. Well, you see like a team say Liverpool, uh, Chelsea or whatever, they've got like say fourteen or fifteen or even eighteen real, you know, good, good players. But once you get through that and look, of course, sometimes through to through fatigue or uh, injuries and that, once you if they start their squad starts getting thin, they already down to the youngsters. Whereas Arsenal, as you said now, they've got that depth. So it's almost like as much as some of these people will ever chuckle, so yeah, we've got El Neni or different. but I mean, at least you've got somebody with that sort of like an international with that sort of experience that can be on your bench or can even start your a game for you without you know, a, a, you know too much adapting.
1: Yeah, so so I'm I think you know the Carabao Cup game, I think Arsenal could you know cynical in there, especially if even Liverpool don't go full strength because I do think Arsenal's reserves are stronger than the likes of Liverpool's team, so you know. Maybe for me, a, a, um, a draw and a, a win will will put a smile on my face.
0: Yeah, because I mean, also also on the revenge for last season's shootout defeat to Liverpool, and I mean a, a bizarre game that ended in normal time five five.
1: Oh yeah, it's, that was, was a game that you know I, I thought we were going to take it, and then it just kind of ripped away, and then the penalties also <laughs> ended bizarrely. And I just think that was you know the 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 depressive side that uh, that, that that um Emre brought to us there's just consistent yeah. disappointment, and he just thought it couldn't get any lower. Then he decides, oh yes, it can.
0: But I mean, if you think of it, Arsenal also have to be cautious. You know, I'm not. We're not saying now, you know, go in thinking, you know, we big time Charlie's going to that game. But I'm just thinking because Liverpool, some of that that youngsters of Liverpool have even dispatched, you know, teams like Everton and and of course us also in the in the cup. So I think also also I have to be cautious, but I mean, you know, when the opportunity arises in that game especially, you know, put into the sword once and for
1: all. I think it'll be a good confidence boost And hopefully, you know, the next draw you can get uh, uh not not no disrespect, but like, you know, a lower a lower league side perhaps, you know, just to to get the play and I think uh, the the reserves or you know the kind of the the, um, the deputies almost of the first eleven should actually show, you know, we want to play more games. And you can prove yourself in this competition. So hopefully they go out and do that because, you know, I think you look at the likes of a Liverpool side, none of their front three will probably um, replace the likes of um, Firmino, Salah, and Mane. You know, regardless of how good of a game you have in the cup, whereas in Arsenal, I think you know, the likes of Pepe shines. Might see William, you will know, be dropped to the bench, and Pepe will come and play, and William will drop to this Carabao Cup squad. So, you know, there's a lot on the line for the Arsenal team relative, I think, to the Liverpool side. And I think, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. So now we switch our attention to the talking points as we start winding down the podcast. Um, the transfer of Runa, Runason is now official. He'll be winning the squad number 13. So, I mean, I think he probably will get the, the game on. You know, I think I think it's a Wednesday. I mean, some people are saying it's a Thursday night game. Some have been saying it's a Wednesday night game. But I, I still think it's going to probably be the Wednesday night. But um, that being said, Runderson will probably make his debut there for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit interested to see, you know, what he's going to up up because I don't know, you know, much of him. I haven't seen much of him. So it's going to be something new. And I hope, you know, the likes of, you know, Saliba comes on and gets an opportunity as well.
0: I mean, the way that Runasan explained himself when, when asked by Arsenal TV, um, he said he sees himself always like what you call a sweeper-keeper. He normally helps yeah. out the defence. And, you know, but I think probably if, you know, that sort of goalkeeping, like, you know, that we see Manuel Neuer do normally for, for Bayern, we he can also act as a last one. I mean, look, Leno's also done it the other day when one of the teams, I don't know if it was the, the Leicester game, where they were quick on the break. And he was already immediately there to you know, clear the ball when, when the whole defence was caught high up the field. Back to the talking points. Uh, Torreira to Atletico Madrid seems to be dragging on as a tussle over the old Thomas party thing as well as going on. Because I think both parties are still you know, in disagreement because uh, Atletico Madrid want a season-long loan with an option to buy, whereas Arsenal want a straight either sale or swap. Plus cash for Thomas Party. So we'll see how that still pans out because the uh, transfer window closes October 5th. So we'll see how that now also plays out. Then, of course, Arsenal linked also to uh, Jorginho. Oh,
2: uh, no,
1: thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, Thomas Partey. Because, I mean, I just think to myself, he's way too similar to Gundachaka. He's also not that mobile. I mean, if, if you see the Chelsea team. If you can do like one of the triangle or one, two passes around him, he's not going to catch you really. So I don't think that's what we're looking for because my mindset is we need somebody... Like, if you now not just take, say, Everton, for example. The minute they now brought uh, Dakore in from Watford, you can actually see it old midfield dynamic of, of Everton now change because Dakore does now the, the dirty work, box-to-box, box, running in there. And so he's almost like opening this path for James Rodriguez. And I think that is what Arsenal's looking for. Somebody like a midfielder that, like that that can kind of carve the way open for us for, you know, to give the... The more creative people, like say Sebey or something like or, some, or William, even the opportunity to get goal scoring
1: chances or goals, even. Uh, and actually, that I was blue in the face almost. You know, Decore, when Watford got relegated, I really thought that he was a, a good option to bring into the club. I mean, he's not uh, like world class where, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are looking for him, but he does a fantastic job in the midfield and he breaks up play and can imagine the presence he would have had in the Arsenal side, so I think we've missed a trick here, and I think, you know, we have to try to force our Atletico Madrid to kind of bring a party in to do the the that type of graph in the midfield, because he covers up ground, and that's something we miss within a, in the middle of the park.
0: Yep, and then of course, only has finally now apologised for the controversial Bordeaux unveiling video that he did a few years back, and I mean, I just think, as a skipper, that you know, that you should have known better as an Arsenal skipper at the time. Because I feel this, this whole excuse is almost like a year and a half too late. You could have done it like way early because he said he didn't expect that sort of backlash. Now, I mean, you got to think, I mean, if it's, you get, if it's just a normal run of the multiplayer, but I mean, you're the club captain and you end up doing a video like that. So, I mean, for me, it's almost like too late for Sardis like that now
1: yeah no, I know i think you know, Arsenal fans whatever he could have done for the club, not that it's forgotten wholeheartedly, but yeah. you know almost like tarnished his his reputation slightly by by going about doing things that way and then the thing I want to just bring up quickly you know before we wind down yeah. um is that you know Mesut Ozil, you know what's happening you know you would expect i mean he could have played a part in a uh a game in the Carabao Cup, but he's just seemingly non existent. Um, I think you mentioned mentioned to me privately that Oteta asked questions in the media and no no one really there wasn't a concrete answer about what's happening, I mean we're paying this guy probably just as much as a Bamiyang or slightly more even and he's he's not pulling his weight, I mean you could bring in more players, I mean party you could probably entice with half of that wages to come into the club but you know it just seems like it's an ongoing holiday for us all.
0: because what what frustrates me is if the club are more upfront to the fans with, with the situation, I think whether good or bad, we'd accept the decision. But if you're going to keep us, you know, kind of, you know, just hanging, uh, leading the line and, and, and us not really knowing what's the story. So it leaves, you know, more you know, questions up in the air. So as I say, more questions unanswered because we want some sort of clarity somehow because easy still somehow or do we just write him off for the season? and whatever? Because for me, it's like, if you think, of, it's something like, what, 20-something million that, that yeah, you've got, now just got sitting at home. He's just coming to training, and that is it. He's not even in the matchday squad. He's not even, you know, of the like players in the can attend the, uh, the matches, uh, like, you know, in the stadium, in, the, in one of those boxes. But I mean, he's not even there for that. So what is going on? say with Matthew to is, is there still some sort of hope for him? Or he's not definite that he is, you know, with his one foot out of the door.
1: Yeah. I think Arsenal fans just want some transparency with that.
0: So as uh, we end of now, I just want to give our listeners also opportunity. You can also listen to us on Amazon podcast. It's a new thing that they saw a few weeks ago. Uh, we also available on uh, Spotify and or, like, under all, like uh, under Canon talk. And I mean, we also on most podcasting hosts, like, you know, there are many around and you just need to type in the search engine Cannon Talk and that's where you'll find us. And with regards to other social media, I'll switch the attention now to Aiden.
1: Um, firstly, I want to give Marcel Pauls a shout out because he, he said that Aiden Kettier was going to score the goal when he came on the pitch and I had none of it. So, you know, big ups for him for calling that. And then with our Twitter page, you can search Cannon Talk or our handle is at totally Arsenal one so if you guys wanna interact and give us a follow, perhaps on on Twitter, you know, in um, DM us as well to to maybe give us also your thoughts, opinions, questions, so how we can improve on our side, and then on Instagram as well, it's Canon Talk thirty six is our handle, and Canon Talk is the name you can search as well. Also, you know, feel free to give us a follow and also um, DM us as well because as podcasters, we also want to you know do things to to add more interest to the listeners as well. So, yeah, share your thoughts and opinions and give us some good feedback as well.
0: Okay, and I think that's a wrap for us, guys. hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the game. It's going to be again old flood of football coming up. Take care. Bye.
1: Enjoy the game, guys, and hopefully we can get that win, or that at least a point.